champion, winner, overcomer, what's happening? It's Sammy V here. Welcome to the Opportunity Podcast, episode number 31. Look, if you're a new time viewer to this podcast, go ahead and hit the subscribe button. That way you get these uploaded to your phone right away and you don't miss an episode. And I've got a freaking awesome guest on today. I'm so excited to unleash her on you today. She is phenomenal. She's actually a friend of mine from college and we reconnected recently. When was it? We, this is Brittany Ellis, okay? Um, What's up, Opportunity Day listeners? How y'all doing? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just love this, I love this girl. She's amazing and she's super entrepreneurial, super ambitious um, and just one of the, uh, I would say, how old are you now? 26. 26. Fresh 26. Same age. Yeah. Probably one of the most well-spoken 26-year-olds I've ever met. I say the same thing about you, so I appreciate that, my friend. Got a lot of similar qualities over here. Well, thank you. (laughs) We reconnected recently. um, Brittany bought bought one of my books, and so we reconnected and grabbed a cup of coffee, and I was like, we got to, I got to get you on the podcast. Just all the things you were telling me that you're doing. Um, so let's tell, tell everybody, um, what you do currently. Um, I think you own like two or three businesses, right? That is true. That is true. So, so by, by trade, I'm a biochemist. Um, I think after college, when you get that degree, you spend all that money and you're in debt. You're like, how do I put my degree to use and not compromise what it is I want to do? So after working in the bar industry for a little bit, I started my first business, Smoking Bees, which is an alternative hookah business. So for people who don't like tobacco, it's an alternative way you can still smoke, but I also construct the hookah specifically out of fruit. So you're also smoking something natural out of something natural. So does it have tobacco in it? It does not. Oh, it's completely tobacco free. Yep. It's a natural, you can, um, what's been really the biggest thing is the type of leaf you want to use. So I have people who say, I love lavender, I love jasmine, I love mint, and I infuse that with a CBD oil. Okay. So you got one in the same. Mind you, CBD oil? um, Cannabidiol, it's a component of marijuana. It's the medicinal side of marijuana. Okay. As in if you were to smoke it in a pen or take an edible, you would still pass a drug test. Is that, I mean, I mean, I don't know much about like this stuff, but like, yeah. is that only legal in certain states or is that legal? Yes, yeah, CBD is only legal in a certain, certain states. It just became legal in Ohio, which is a really okay. good thing. But um, Birmingham, which is where I started smoking bees, it had just become legal there. So I was trying to find a way to kind of get in the smoking industry and kind of be the forefront before the marijuana business becomes legal. So I'm already, you know what I mean, a name yeah. out there. I got you. Yeah. So you got Smoking Bees. Got Smoking Bees. Then we got Little Bees Academy. Okay. So it's a, a tutoring training academy for STEM students, science, technology, engineer, mathematics. Okay. Um, University of Alabama at Birmingham, UAB is the big, one of the biggest medical schools in the nation. So through getting friendships that way, college professors, we basically opened up our lines, our Skype, our schedules to take on students to tutor them. Um, wow. Most only of, at that school? Well, or? it's all over Birmingham, but I only have professors and okay. students from UAB. Okay. One student from Birmingham Southern. Shout out my girl, Erin. She's, she's <laughs> running smoking bees while I'm out of Birmingham oh, right okay. now. Um, but she's political science major. So basically, everyone who does a little bit of everything, humanities, economics, me, I've been always a biology, chemistry person. I have a super math whiz who 
everyone does their own thing and we just come together to help students who, for the most part, come from underprivileged backgrounds. Mm. You got to think about inner city schools. A lot of the times they're just funneling you through the system, you know, then you get a seventh or eighth grader who's reading or doing math at an elementary school level. So Mm -hmm. we really push more to help those students. But then you got some wealthy parents who want their kids to just be learning all summer. So kind of clientele based, definitely. So how many tutors do you have? Is it just you or do you have multiple people? Two full-time tutors. Okay. And then I have six people who are in rotation who open up their schedules. Okay. Wow. Yep. That's awesome. I want to learn more about that. What else do you have going on? Then Pope and Associates. (laughs) Pope and Associates is my property development firm. Okay. I got together with an amazing man by the name of Charles Pope. Um, He's in Birmingham. All these businesses are in Birmingham, by the way. I just moved to Cleveland about two months ago. Um, And we basically get contracts together. I take the administrative portion of it, and he gets the men, and he's actually like the property like operations, you know, Um, he has some men and we just revamp backyards, decks, homes, painting, repairs. I mean, this man, 63 years old, still moving like he's 18 and he can fix anything and everything. So, um, you know, he knows he has this great gift, but didn't know how to capitalize or monetize or create that entrepreneurship where his family can someday take over and still be making an income off of what he set up for him. Yeah. So that's where I came in, um, say, Hey, we should make a business out of this. And he's like, well, you know, how do I do that? And Pope and Associates started January, 2019. Wow. So, yeah. So that's only started, this is 2019, isn't it? We're yeah. This, we're, yeah. We're in April now. So Pope and Associates is really <laughs> fresh. <almost> <laughs> Yeah, Pope and Associates really fresh. Um, Smoking Bees is three years old. Little Bees Academy is two years old, okay. and Pope and Associates is like almost six months old. Wow! And then you also work at iHeartRadio, right? Yes, I'm an iHeartRadio executive. Um, I think this is what kind of helped me in the move of this because I knew I wanted to help people. Okay. Um, but I realized that not everybody has an entrepreneurial spirit. Mm-hmm. Not everyone knows how to go about getting things off the ground. You may love doing this, but you're like, man, I need money right now. I have to go to my nine to five and be miserable all the time. Um, And sometimes it takes people that extra little motivation to say, hey, let me stop doing this and put all of my efforts into what I love to do. And that'll bring me there. So I've had um, with iHeart, I'm able to get with most of the time I concentrate on smaller businesses because they're the ones who really benefit the most off of your expertise. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have a big corporation, I mean, we got McDonald's, Giant Eagles. And you're trying to get their ev- advertising. Yeah, okay. advertising. I mean, digital, just partnerships, really. Okay. Um, you know, we have the biggest festival that happens every year in either Las Vegas, yeah. Miami, the iHeartRadio Festival. So some people just want to pay money. So when the camera spans across, you see their emblem in the corner, you know, partnerships. So it's all those little details of everything. Oh, wow. Yep, okay. yep, yep. So... Um, me particularly, like I said, I like to work with smaller businesses or nonprofits because I feel like they're the groups who benefit the most out of your expertise. Mm. So anytime I can kind of help somebody move their business along, grow their clientele base, or even, you know, By just using iHeartRadio's audience. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. That's cool. So you went, so let's kind of, let's backtrack now that we yep. know what you do, everything that you have going on. And I can't wait to ask you like how you manage all that. Because, <laughs> um, I'm sure that it's tough, but oh, also man. I'm sure you've got some, some tricks that, that I can learn and, and, and whoever's listening can learn as well. So you went to Notre Dame college. Yep. 
Um, and did you grow up in Birmingham? So I grew up, born and raised in Chicago. Chicago, okay. Yep. Um, my dad's in the military, so I moved to Florida for high school. Mm. Was that tough to go to move in the middle of high school? Oh my goodness, really tough. Because I was also, it was like a cultural shift. Like I'm from the inner city of Chicago. So mm. when I moved to Florida, the dynamic, the people I'm around were unlike people I've ever, <laughs> I'll say it like that, unlike people I've ever been around before yeah. seen. Like when you meet people whose parents own planes or own giant <laughs> boats, you know, you're like, wow, yeah. you have a plane. It's yeah, it's real. So a whole new dynamic, a whole new friend group. But I think that's what I love so much. Florida? Jacksonville Beach. Okay, so so North Florida. Uh -huh. I think that's what I love about having a really diverse group of people, of friends. Like, you know, networking is so important because yeah. I'm now connecting back with my friends from middle school mm. who are now attorneys, you know, high-ranking military officials, you know, smarty pants, science folks who are creating things. Like, it's amazing to see, you know, yeah. and although I might not need your service right now or vice versa, it's always good to have it there. Because So do you think that's helped you then, you know, living in, I mean, you've so you've lived in Chicago, you've lived in Florida, you've lived in Cleveland, You've lived in Birmingham. I don't know where else you've lived. I've lived in Houston. I worked with Johnson & Johnson for a month, almost two. So you've <laughs> lived in all these different areas with different people. Yep. How has that helped you then in your life currently with A, networking, but B, like in your businesses, in your life? Like how has that benefited you? I think what's most important, not everybody you meet is going to be beneficial Mm -hmm. And like when you choose friends, when you choose groups of people you want to be around, you have to be really particular about that. Um, like who you spend a considerable amount of time with? Is that what you're talking about? Right, right. Okay. Or even ones you spend a considerable amount of time with, ones you choose to text back and forth and share memes, ones you choose to be on the phone and ask questions to to brainstorm. It's like I think what I've learned is I've taken a little bit of everyone I've met and everybody I come in contact with, friend or not, I've taken something away from them. Hmm. You know, even serial killers or even like the worst people in the world got something good about them. <laughs> you might go out. Well, there's and, something that you can learn. You know what yeah. I'm saying? There's something in everybody. So it's when I meet a person, you know, and I don't want it to come across as like, what can you do for me? But it's like, I'm seeking out what is that thing about you that's great? That's what um, I want to learn about people. How do you find that? Mm, depending on how much time you have. Like I said, I've lived in some place for 10 years. I've lived in some places for two months. I travel Europe. Um, and I think it's one thing I try to stay away from when I meet people is asking them what they do. Hmm, okay. Because I more. really, I, I feel like people ask that because they want to see what level of respect to give you. Mm. You know, when I dress down, the amount of people who may be in my face or come to me and are drawn to me versus when I'm like in my business clothes, the people who come to me, I feel like I should have a light and a spirit where if I'm attracting you, I'm attracting you. Mm. So I try to stick away from what do you do? What do you work? How much money do you make? I ask the questions of like, do you love what you do? Are you happy with the industry that you're in? Because I know trash guys who are happy. Yeah. <laughs> they don't want to deal with people. They throw their bags, they get good pay, they got good benefits, they see their kids every night. And to the trash man, that's the ideal life. But to the CEO who wants to do nothing but work and may not have a wife and kids, you know, you may have an alternative life. So I, stick, I stay away from what do you do, how much do you make, and 
what what makes you happy? What do you like mm. to do? Are you happy in your industry? And that right there gives you all you need to know because you meet some people and the first thing that comes out their mouth is like, oh, I hate my job. I can't wait to leave. Then we get in that conversation. Why do you hate it? You know, why are you still there? Yeah. <laughs> I don't even care why you don't like it. I don't want to focus on the negativity that's associated with what you don't want to be a part of. You don't even want to be a part of it. I don't want to hear it. You know, mm. what do we do from here to get you there? Yeah. You know, what do we do to move you to that next step? If it's something that you don't like, what do you do like and why are you not there? Yeah. You know? So I think that's what gives me what I need to do to take from people. Because when you get a negative Nancy, I won't um, put as much effort, effort and focus into... Somebody that's just always negative. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. You know, yeah. if you hate your job, your car's bummy, you know, your mom's always angry at you because she doesn't feel like you're on top of your game. <laughs> just these things, these things, these things. I want to hear like, you know, I'm doing something I don't really care for right now, but I really love doing nails. I'm so creative. I'm a big artist. And one day I hope to be in, in the artistic field. Okay. I get it that you don't like your job, but now I see what you love. Yeah. So let's get on that because then I got a website or a logo that needs to be developed. That's how I found my first logo for Smoking Bees. Talking to a college student who's like, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. I'm in economics right now because my dad told me to do it. Mm-hmm. Cool. You like art. This is your first assignment. I want to start a business and I'm not the most creative person, but I, I have a vision. Yeah. But there are people who have the artistic realm who can bring that to life. Yeah. And that's what they did. That's so funny because... I'm, I can relate with you in a lot in that. In in like I'm I suck at all that. Yeah, <laughs> I suck at artistic stuff. Like I'm not saying I'm not creative, but I'm also not um, super duper creative. Right. Um, like I I can't sit here. Like I have um, a buddy that or somebody. I'm starting to build a team within what I do. Yeah. And hiring some people to. Um, to work for me part time and do some things for me, and, and, I, and I'm work, working with this. This he's not a kid; he's a senior in college. He's unbelievable at creating videos, and like, you know, I I'm like I I need this, and I just I need you. I need you bad <laughs> because like I have this vision of where I want to take my business, and I know that I know that I could do it. I know I'm supposed to do it, right? But I need these people that can do the things that I can't do very well, um, but. People often ask me, they, they often say, you know, how do you get all these people like around you working? Like, how do you have like this person doing this for you, this audiobook? How do you have this person doing video for you mm-hmm. and photos for you? How do you have this person creating a website for you, doing a logo for you? How because I ask people about themselves and and I find out that they want to help, that they want to um, do more of what they love to do. And if I can right. find out that you love to make a website, right? you know, and you believe in my vision, then you might want to help me do that. But if I don't slow down to like notice you or slow down to like get to know you, right. then I'm never going to know that. So I have, you know, all these people that I know all over the country and the world that it's just because I asked them, Hey, like, who are you? <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? Like what you're talking about. And then all of a sudden you have this network of people that, that like you, that want to be around you. Not just because, not, not just because of like, they don't want to help you because, um, 
you're successful, whatever. They want to help you because you took interest in them. Exactly. And they like you and they're like, man, I like this person because they, they, they took interest in me and nobody does that. And you got to think, you as you have the vision and someone who's a natural creative and has the eye, they're also getting to do what they like to do. Mm-hmm. So you know what I mean? Like I, it, it's, it's all about beneficial relationships. There's right. no way I could provide someone with my services, what I do, my heart, my energy, my effort, and they couldn't match it or they couldn't even kind of give the slightest bit in return. Mm-hmm. So, it, I mean, tapping into what people love, I feel like is the key. That kind of is what starts it all. Yeah. That's awesome. And um, I actually, that's interesting that you said stay away from asking people what they do because um, most of the time, like even in a college class or, you know, at least I've been taught, ask people what they do. Mm-hmm. And so that perspective is really is really interesting uh, to, to ask actually different questions that people aren't receiving. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because nobody asks like, Hey, do you really love what you do or like, you know, are you happy? Yeah. Are you happy in this? You know, if you, it gets people talking. They're like, man, I can actually share up. Someone's interested, not in just what I do or like the surface level stuff, but like the little bit deeper stuff. That's, a, that's, that's really cool. I wrote a book and I haven't published it yet called the art of making a good impression. Mm-hmm. And, um, I might need to interview you for that book. Let's get back. Can we get to your last book? Okay, so when I first met, well, not when I first met you, but when I just reconnected with you, I got the book from you, Maximize, and you were like, oh, it's a real easy read. I literally read it three days straight, every day. The whole book? Yeah. No way. It's it's really, if you stick with it, it's about an hour read, and I'm also like an avid reader, so I probably read faster maybe than a normal person does, but um, I got your tips on your morning and how you start your day. And I was like, man, I really never thought of it because the first thing I do when I wake up is I go to my phone. Mm-hmm. And you said something. Like, if there's bad news going on, there's a bombing in Sri Lanka, you know, your ex writing your craziness, whatever, whatever it could be. And I was like, I do that the first thing in the morning. And I now am seeing how I allow the media, what's going on with my friends and Instagram to dictate how I start my day. Yeah. Next thing, making my bed. Who makes their bed? I do now. I you do. make it every morning now? <laughs> every morning. And what's so crazy, you think about that small accomplishment. Yeah. Now, I know with my dogs, I have to take my dogs out. I have to feed my dogs or they'll die. You know what I mean? Like, that's drastic. But there's things that I have to do. I have to make sure I have my lunch or I'm going to have to spend money out. I have to make sure my face is clean and my makeup is on or maybe someone won't see me a certain way. Making your bed is like... No one's going to know you made your bed or you did it. You yeah. know, it's such a self thing. Mm-hmm. So like now I kind of like clean up my space. I don't allow anything on the floor. I don't want anything on my bathroom sink. Wow. I even got my dogs like. That's good. Put your dog That's toys. Me. <laughs> yeah. Put your dog toys in your bin. When I come home, of course, all the dog toys are on the floor. But when I start my day, the dog toys are in the bin. So like. I realize the small difference that's made. Huh. Waking up and just writing down what you're grateful for from yeah. yesterday, from today, what yeah. I what I what I see myself being grateful for tomorrow, even though it may not happen. My mom's gonna win the lottery. That's always my tomorrow. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it may not ever happen, but just to know, I now don't think about avidly as my mom. How is she doing? She, my mother's gonna be good. I'm always thinking of that. So it's so many like little pieces that I took from the book. Huh that I started applying to my every morning that I feel the difference. I'm like waking up before my alarm clock. 
I will sleep in, <laughs> Sam, you don't even know. I will sleep in. If I know it takes me 30 minutes to get ready, I might sleep in and snooze my alarm until I have 22 minutes. Because I'm like, oh, I only shaved eight minutes off by just laying, huh. you know, and now really forcing myself to get up and, like, making my bed. It's made all the difference. So, like, I'm excited for whatever else you're in the works and publishing and putting out from, from this point on because yeah. I love Maximize. Gave That's it to awesome. my boyfriend, you know, James Bowling from school. Mm -hmm. Let him take a look at it. We're all just like, you know, I'm like, you make your bed? He's like, did you? <laughs> really? That's I awesome. It. So it was That's nice. That's so cool. It was nice. And I think it's also, what I've realized is a lot of adults will not read or may not like to read, but their muse over why they don't read is because I'm so busy and I have so much to do. Yeah. Because I've been now calculating what I've been spending my time on. And so when I'm starting to see that I'm spending my time idly, idly scrolling, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Or checking, you know, Game of Thrones comes on at 9, but I'm like, oh, 820, I might as well just sit and chill and wait for him. Like, I got 40 minutes to be doing something while I'm waiting for what I'm waiting yeah. for to happen. So um, congrats, man. It's nice. I like it. Thank you. Thank I you. I like it. Well, that was like, that wasn't planned. <laughs> so like promote my book for me. It's like, the, <laughs> all right. We'll come like, keep from it like rolling. <laughs> keep it rolling. Coming from an, an avid reader. You know what I mean? I read a lot. Probably read about what kind of books do you two read? books. Uh, mainly, I've been finding myself um, ever since Nipsey Hussle passed. I'm not sure if you know. He's a rapper from Los Angeles. Okay. And he's a known gang member, but he's literally changed his life and he is invested into cryptocurrency, um, STEM centers mm -hmm. in like inner city neighborhoods. I mean, he's an independent artist. You know, a lot of artists don't own their own work. And Nipsey Hussle was just like the beacon of that. So he was recently killed. Um, and ever since, I've been reading a lot of conscious African-American art. Hmm. I'll put it like that. Okay. Um, I think a big problem with young black people is this sense of you don't really know who you are. Yeah. But you're also in a society that isn't going to make sure you know that either. So you definitely have to go out on your own to like dig for this knowledge, you know? Mm. Um, so yeah, that's, that's one of, that's, that's been the basis of like my past two months. Um, I love 48 Laws of Power. Okay. I think I've heard of that book. Yeah. Is it thick? Yes. Super thick. I've seen it. Super thick. And then 50 it intimidated cent. intimidated me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, dang, The words are big. big. The words are big, though. So oh, it's a okay. little misleading. Um, and then 50 Cent came out with the 50th Law of Power. Okay. Um, which I read, which is also really good. So um, The Alchemist is my favorite book. Okay. That prompted me to literally go and travel Europe. And I probably read that book once a month. Wow. So I've now read it about, I'd say, like 13 times. When did you travel Europe? From July to November. Of last year? Yep, 2018. Okay, tell us about that trip. Because I know we talked about it quite a bit when we got together, but um, how did that, so what did you do and how did that trip kind of, you know, because you're in the middle, like you're not, you didn't just graduate college at 22 and you're right. like, hey, I want to go travel for three months. I mean, you had two businesses at the time. I stopped and established a, a life, yeah. Yeah, you had a life and you're like, you know what, I'm going to go travel. Why did you do that? I think, well, I'll say this for, for the, the main thing. Um, I got really caught up in all the things that I had possessed. Mm -hmm. You know, I had a lot of things. 
are you talking about like cars, house, or everything? A beautiful okay. home, fully furnished. Um, I had a three bedroom home to myself. At this point, I have bought my second car. Um, I had businesses. I was making income. You know, I was managing a bar. Everyone knew me in the area because I was kind of smoking bees as a mobile hookah service. So I'm always out in bars, clubs, you know, residences, parties. So I just, people started knowing me, but I don't think for the right me. And them knowing me for the wrong me started to, I started misconstruing who I was. Hmm. But okay. I have like nice things and jewelry and designer bags and nice things. And I was looking at my home and was thinking, wow, when I move, I'm going to have a lot of stuff to move. And I started getting anxious because I'm thinking, how am I going to take all my things with me? My things, my things, where are they going to fit? What am I going to do? And then I'm looking at pants that I can't fit anymore, but they're designers. So I don't want to give them away. And I had to just check myself. Like I've never been that person. And now I'm getting things and I'm not recognizing who I really am. Hmm. So, um, the start was I fasted for six days. So I prepped about a month and a half to completely fast. So I didn't eat from February. That was my 25th birthday present to myself. Wow. To give myself a renewed body and spirit. You know, it takes about three days to reboot your immune system. So no, no water? Like how, like. I was drinking water. Water. Yep. So was water the only thing you were consuming? Yes. Wow. Yep. What did that do for you? That fast? I've never, I've never done that. I fast. I do intermittent fasting every day. Yeah. So, but I've never fasted for um, more than. It's a type of mental. Hours. It's a type of mental strength because you yeah. think about it. You can fast up to forty days with nothing in your system, and you would live. But if you tell yourself, if your flesh is running your mind and your body and saying, "Well, you can't make it," some people will die in day twenty trying to fast. You know even what I'm though, saying? Even though they're, they can actually last longer. Yes. That goes to show how strong the mentality is. Like you see people with multiple personal personality disorders. Your mind is so strong. You are nine people. You're one body. Your mind is saying you are nine people. You've compartmentalized into nine different altars. So I started with fasting, and that showed me. That really made me feel kind of how... <laughs> crazy and reckless and fun and all over I've been. So then I sold my stuff. By the fourth day of eating nothing, I was having crazy delusions. Like I'd be in my living room and I heard talking in my kitchen and I look in my kitchen and it's my food. Like it's food regularly just in the fridge, but I'm like, I'm, I'm hearing the food talk and it doesn't, it's not like animated with a crazy face or anything. It's just the food there. But that's how um, out of touch I knew I was with my spirit. If that wow. makes sense. Okay. Um, and you don't really know what your body needs until your body has nothing. You got to think about that. Right mm. now, if you want lunch or you're hungry, you're saying, oh, I'm going to take it easy. Let me get an apple or a salad. Sometimes I'm like, I'm craving tacos or salsa and I want something hot. Like, you don't know what your body really needs until it's like at square one needing things. And I started seeing what my body need was not what my flesh wanted. Hmm. Um, so it was a big reality check. So that was February. I finished that. My birthday was the seventh. So I did six days of fasting. The seventh, I basically reintegrated myself into like Gatorade, baby food, smushed peas. About three days later, I was actually able to start eating real food. And for about four months, I went full vegetarian. Okay. 
So like my body started feeling different. My mind started feeling different. And I started having this outlook. Oh my God. I felt like nothing could stop me. I felt like I could do anything. Like I literally, I mean, I think that's why my mentality is. Was it your mind or was it your, like you felt energized? What like. No, it was, it was my, my mental. Okay. You know, you think about it, like your brain is like the CEO and your body is like the worker. Okay. Yeah. So it's like if you had a big corporation and the workers start taking over and the CEO was no longer in control, you have a whole bunch of unknowledgeable parts who don't know what they're doing and how to run this system as a whole. And that's what was happening to me. And it's crazy because that's what happened, happens to a lot of young people, especially when you get out of college. You just got told from this piece of paper, like, oh, you're ready to go out there in the world. You know everything you got to know. Yeah. But you're not really ready <laughs> for mm-hmm. what that world is really going to get you, how much your mind changes, how much your body changes, and what's going on. So I think breaking that down, getting my mentality right, it was like the CEO took over. And it was like, mm-hmm. we're rebranding the company. <laughs> the CEO is like, we're rebranding yeah. the company right now. Um, was vegetarian. And that's when I started looking at all those things that I just loved six months ago as things. I'm like... I can't believe I spent how much on shoes, pants. So I ended up selling everything that I own. Wow. Sold my cars, sold my house. I sold, I probably kept two boxes worth of clothing. Um, Cause I didn't know where I was. I bought a one way ticket to Amsterdam. I didn't even think I was coming back. You saw, oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I mean, and my family was like, I think we should see somebody. You didn't eat and now you're not eating meat and you love cheeseburgers. And now you're like leaving the country. Like, you never even had a passport. You never even been outside the country. So what do you think you're doing? And then that doubt and that you don't know what you're doing. You don't have this just fueled me. I was a beast. You were like, I'm going to prove you wrong. You know? And, and, it, <laughs> and it wasn't even in a chauvinistic way. Like, I got this. I'm going to do It's like, my mind, I was so strong. Mm. Like, nothing, no one could tell me anything. And it was, it was a healthy line because I wasn't at any detriment to myself. You know? Okay. So sold all my things, got that money, got that ticket. Um, <laughs> got that check. <laughs> yeah. Got that check. <laughs> That's like, uh, it It really happened that fast. Um, I bought the ticket the second week of June. I didn't tell my family until the last week of June. And then I left at the beginning of July. Wow. Um, so I was prepping. I already knew what was happening, but the thing about it, I think that's the essence of people. You have to know when you need to keep what is going on. That's so great to yourself. It's really Mm. great to share things, but you get around minds and mentalities who are not prepared for your bigness and they will make it seem like you got a mental disease or you're crazy or you're not ready. And people don't do this, you know, people you don't know do it. Right. People who are in this community probably don't do it. Why don't they do it, do you think? Fear. Yeah. Everyone's scared. scared and of and, what? and I, was, I was one of those people. If you go to this place, you got to get vaccinations. If you go to this place, they traffic women. If you go to this place, you know, and you're traveling alone, they're going to, they're like vultures. I went to 14 countries in four months. I had one incident where it was a little sketchy that I, I felt like something was being orchestrated. Um, I got into Spain. And I realized after I got off the train and kind of walked down the street that a guy had been following me. Hmm. Um, And then I called my dad. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I I think I just peeped this. I'm kind of scared. I don't know what to do. What do I do? And he's like, you want to go to Europe? What do you think you should do? 
you you want to do this and now you're doing it and now this is happening like what do you think you should do and I'm just like um go back to London that's where I was had my base because I had got a like a part-time job there I'm like get back on the train and go to where I know he's like there we go got back on the train wow and like went on about my way but I mean just how we have this place with these 50 states in this country and everyone's Everyone's figuring out what they love and what they want to do and what's next for them in life. It's very rare that I went somewhere and everyone was like, oh my gosh, like, you know, yeah. I had something to worry about. Yeah. I never had that. And it's also a freeing feeling when you go somewhere and it's not like you just go to a city for a weekend and you're a stranger. You go to a whole new place. And I don't want to say people don't care about you, but you know, you're Nobody, not no one's concerned. Yeah. Nobody knows you. Nobody has... You know, you're nobody to, to everybody. You know, you go to a new country with a million people and probably half a million people speak a different language. Yeah. You know, so it's it was so freeing. And I think that was the start of I could do anything. Hmm. You know, when I moved to Birmingham, I'm like, I just got out of college. I need to get a job in this field because my degree. I need to get a home because this is what I'm supposed to do. I need to be doing these things because... I'm 24, and this is what you should be doing at 24. And then I'm seeing some of my friends get married and having children and buying homes. And then I'm like, oh, my gosh, let me buy a home. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, let me acquire things because if someone were to ask me, well, what do you do? I need to have something good to say. Right. I need to be ready. Uh -huh. I need to have things to show that all that work I've done, look what I've been able to buy. Yeah. And it's, it's a young mentality, but it's off of fear, that fear of what will people think of you. That's why I stick away yeah. from asking people what they do because I don't even care yeah. <laughs> to tell you the truth. Because if you tell me, hey, I'm a trash man, what's my next thing? Oh, uh, oh cool. Okay. Uh, what area do you do trash? You know, what would you <laughs> say after that? It's yeah. kind of like if I say, oh, I'm the president, I'd be like, oh, my gosh. I can't believe, you know, then I kind of have more respect for you as a president as I would to yeah. a trash man. So. I think that's what a lot of people struggle with. In fact, I think it's the biggest thing people struggle with is what other people think. It's what they think other people think a lot of yes. times. And a lot of times, this is what I always tell people, and I don't know if you would agree with this, but um, who cares what other people think? Because other people aren't thinking about you. You know what they're thinking about? They're thinking about themselves and what you think of them. So people Man. are so concerned about what you think of them, they're not thinking about you yeah <laughs> they're like what does this person think of me so like if you know that it's like yep. who cares you know you get caught in that whole bubble you think about you have a and i use college for an example because college is like the breeding place for that mm -hmm. so you, you leave your parents home under that roof of stifling sheltering everything you just got for the past 18 years and now you're with a thousand other 18 year olds who also just came from that um, and you know, this is what the real world's gonna be like, and this is how people are, so beware of this, and all these things you taught you, everyone's parents just got done doing the same thing to them. So now you're in this group with no one having a true sense of themselves. Yeah. And now they're basing themselves off this new thousand other 18 year olds they got up around. But you think about it, no one knows themselves, and this judgment is just bouncing back and forth, back and forth. And it's probably out of that thousand, I'd say probably 3%, who end up being the CEOs and the careless people who make billions of dollars and have this life that they really want because they never catered to, I'm going to do this because 
how you're going to feel about me, what you're going to think about me, how I'm going to look in front of yeah. my peers. You think about it, it all boils down to fear. It does, doesn't it's it? It's all fear. Fear yeah. that you won't like me. Fear that we won't mesh well with each other. Fear that, you know, if I, if I don't make this connection with you, what is that going to make me just fear? And yeah. strengthening your mental state where fear isn't even a component takes work. Yeah. It does take work. That's what I tell, you know, I just did a podcast episode on this recently, but I did a, the difference, and I haven't done a one fully on this. It just kind of like, I just rambled into this, mm-hmm. but the difference between your physical body and your spirit and how your spirit is, is strong yeah, and your physical body is, is weaker, yes. you know, it could be strong physically and all of that. Right. Um, but your physical body is going to tell you to stop well before you know you are you actually like well before like you should stop or you I'm missing the words right now but you know I was ran, running in a um, 150 mile race and I told this story but the last three miles I wasn't I didn't run 150 miles it was only 17 and a half Almost. but <laughs> but it was like over you know a 12 hour period and right. like there was three and I'd never ran this far in my life at least that I can remember in the last three miles. I, my legs were numb and I was just like, okay, I have a choice here. I can't, you know, and I only, only been running two miles a day, five, four to five days a week. So I hadn't been training for this. Mm-hmm. It was just like, I'm just going to go out and do this and see what happens. And so I'm like, my legs are numb. I can't feel them. They, it's just like, <laughs> I like, am like, my body is like telling me to stop. I was like, I have a choice. I'm going to let this feeling defeat me or am I going to make it, let it make me stronger. And so I just turned up the gas and I just ran faster. Yeah. And it was like, because your spirit is stronger than your physical body. And for we have not been given a spirit of fear. Mm-hmm. Our spirit isn't of fear. If we're feeling fear, it's of our physical body. Yes. It's, a, it's a feeling that we're getting from something outward, not inward. Mm-hmm. Because our spirit is not made of fear. Right. It's of power, love, and a sound mind, which is... Second Timothy one seven or something like that, and it, and that is the truth. Like we aren't of fear, we have power. Our spirit is power, love, and a sound mind. But if we're always operating in our physical body and what our flesh is telling us to do, mm-hmm. we're always going to make the wrong decision. We're always going to go down the wrong path. We're always going to do what we think other people should, what other people say we should do. We're right. always going to do what. You know, we're, we're always going to eat those Oreos at midnight. We're always going to, we're going to give into the flesh. We're always going to, instead of, you know, we're going to go and have one night stands all the time because right. that's what feels good right now. It's what our physical body is telling us to do, but rather our spirit is telling us something different. And it's, you know, so when we operate in that physical body and in our flesh, we're always making typically the wrong decisions. But when we operate in our spirit, so I think life is like learning how do we operate in the spirit versus the flesh because the spirit's always going to lead us in the right path. Your spirit was telling you to go to you know Europe, yeah. right? You know, your spirit was telling you these things and you had strengthened your spirit to the point where you could believe in your spirit. Right. And you had made decisions. You know, I'm always fascinated with people. I have a fascination with people that live their life like not really caring what people think yeah they just do their thing and they're like and they're like (laughs) wow like they just do like you see like 90 percent of the world and they're doing 
something different. And I'm like, I want to, I want to talk to those people because that's interesting. That's fascinating. Like you're just like, you don't care. And, and, and I, I, and also the thing is, is that everybody else is drawn to those people. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody is drawn to those people because yes. we all want to do that. But we have this like fear of doing it because it's like of not being the same as everybody else or being different. Everyone is conformed. You're, you're conditioned from my think about when you're really young and you're jumping off of stuff and you're like, yeah, like you're young. You have no fear. Mm-hmm. That's why they're saying like when you want to go on gymnastics or skateboarding or any of those extreme sports, a lot of those children start those hobbies when they're young because they don't have any fear doing 10 backflips if i told you go practice and start doing 10 black backflips with a 30 year old man you'd be scared to do it yeah you know what i mean but you tell a little two or three year old you know let me just sit here and flip you on the bed they are gonna be about it and strengthening your mentality to connect with one or the other yeah. you know i think mentality is first strengthening your mentality because your spirit is already fearless you know, we already mm-hmm. know your spirit is already unconformed. And then your flesh and your body, your physical part is. Mm-hmm. So if you strengthen your mentality and you say, I'm connecting to this, you almost become one with that. Mm-hmm. And every everybody who's in that conformed bubble is, you know, in a bubble, looking outside the bubble, watching people freely float. Like, man, I wonder what it's like to do that or how they did that. I want to do that. But it's just like, just like Joe Blow did it, mm-hmm. you know, you can too. Yeah. Everybody's journey to getting there is going to be a little different, but anybody could do that. Yeah. Anybody could do it. It's, it's starting with your mentality. I have a really good friend who tells me the other day, you know, yeah, once my money gets right, you know, then blah, 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 will all just fall in place. I'll tell them that's the wrong mentality to have. Money yeah. numbers are endless. So if you're chasing money or looking for money to solidify your happiness or your relationships or you doing these things and being that person you want to be, if you're waiting for money to bring that to you, money will purposely not come. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Men- your mentality has to be there and it has to be attached to your spirit. In your spirit, there is no fear. You yeah. got to be realistic. If I'm walking on a dark alley in New York City with a designer bag, someone's probably going to mug me. You know, but I don't tell myself, but well, don't get anything nice and go tour New York City because someone may mug you. You know, it's like right. difference between being fearful and the realistic. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. So, it's amazing what controls. It, it, it does. And it, I, and then you know what you talked about earlier? This is why you don't watch the news in the morning. Because yes. it, this is where so much of people get all of their... Like 1% of the world is bad. Yeah. And like 99% is good. Mm-hmm. Okay? It may not be spectacularly good, but like... You know, if you go to, if you're in the state of Ohio, there's like 1% that's like really bad. Right. You probably shouldn't go to those areas. Right. But like 99%, you're pretty good. Now, something may crazy may happen, whatever, in those areas. But 99% of the world is good. But you watch the news, and literally, it's going to give you only the 1%. And so your perspective on the world is everywhere I go, I have these negative things. I have these... You know, I, I should have, I should fear this. I should fear this disease and, and, and these people and, you know, and, and whatever. And it's like, man, how, why would you live like that? Like, I mean, I know bad things happen. Yeah. And you know what I mean? Like, but why would I want live like constantly like wondering what's going to happen bad to me next? 
you know, and typically you draw that anyways. Yeah, yeah. I think that's why traveling and getting out was so invigorating to me Mm -hmm. because my fear has always been I can't. The world is too big. People are so new. Things are so strange. And the moment I got out of that, it broke that ceiling that I had in my mind. That's why I'm saying now I'm invincible. There's nothing that's impossible. There's nothing that I can't do. Yeah. And I think that's the rest of my life. I'm just going to spend my time doing what I love. Yeah. I, I wouldn't even now after looking back and saying, wow, I was unhappy working in a bar, drinking every day, having fun with friends. who You think maybe didn't even want the best for you at the end of the day. Yeah. I did that for two years. I'm like looking back like the happiness I have now is not from the money. It's not from being in a new place. It's like I'm genuinely doing something that I want to do that fulfills mm. me. Yeah. That's enough fulfillment there. And because I'm doing something in that in that realm already, everything that's meant to be with me, I say positive affirmations every day. What's meant for me is going to come. Mm. I talk sometimes like I already have it because that's how big I see it. That's how how massive and how many boundaries in my life I don't have. Well, that's faith. Faith is believing that you already have it. Faith is also action, but it, another component of faith is, you know, when I talk about it in the book Maximize, I say write your goals down, but write them as if you've already accomplished them. Yeah. Because here's the truth, is that they already have been accomplished. You just have to walk that path. But people can't understand that because they're like they can only see what's right in front of them. Yeah. And you should live for you should live like in the moment, right? And you should be present, but you have to understand that like you create what you want in the future. I mean, mm-hmm. you put it out there and it it's already happened. These things that are already accomplished, but you have to walk the path and that's faith. Faith is going, okay, I see this tree over there, and I know I'm going to get to the tree. I just got to go towards that tree. And I may run into um, some obstacles along the way that I have to get around and go up and over, right? right? And it's not going to be a clear path to the tree, but I know the tree is there, and I'm going to go to it anyways. Like, I know it's there. I may not be able to see it physically. I may not be able to see it with my eyes. But faith isn't isn't in the seen. Faith is in the unseen. It's... It's the evidence of things hoped for. Uh, I'm sorry. It's it's the um, evidence of things unseen is what faith is. So it's evidence. It's proof. So when you have faith, you're operating in the spirit realm. And mm-hmm. um, this is crazy. We're talking about this, but it's like super spiritual. But like, it's 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 already in. It's proof of it in the in the in the spiritual realm. So you may be able to see it with your eyes and your senses. You may not be able to feel it right now. Right. But it doesn't mean it doesn't exist because there is two, there's a physical realm and there's a spiritual realm. And faith is operating in the, in the spiritual yes. and fear is in the physical. And so when you, it's already done. You've got to live it out. You've got to walk it out. The problem is, is though, is that people think that it's a straight path. When they hit an obstacle, they're like, oh, it's not meant. It's not meant for me. <laughs> right. Oh, well, you know, 10 people said no, so, you know, I'm not supposed to do this. Right. It's like, well, you know, no, 30 people are going to say no before you get that yes. Yeah. But here's the point is that you need all of those obstacles. You need all of that adversity and all of that struggle. In fact, it's the greatest gift because it's that adversity and struggle that makes you into the man or woman that you're supposed to be. So I don't yeah. think life is about... The, the money that you make, the cars that you drive, the house that you live in, the things that you acquire. I don't even think life is about the dreams and goals that you achieve. 
I think life is about the person that you become in the process of the pursuit of those dreams and goals. But you actually have to have a dream and goal because when you hit the adversity, you won't overcome if you don't know where you're going. Right. If you don't have a clear, defined dream and goal that's pulling you, you won't overcome those ad adversity and those obstacles. And so if you don't, but if you don't overcome those adversities and obstacles, A, you won't get to the dream and goal. B, you won't be made into who you were put here to be made into. You won't become that person. So you have to like have that dream. You've got to live in that faith that, you know, it's like people, you know, people ask me, like I have, you know, speaking business now and I've got, you know, a book that I wrote and, and published and I have these things. And if people, if, if, when I said I wanted these things and I wanted to do these things, people didn't understand. They could, because they couldn't see it with the physical senses. Right. But I knew it was there. So I just had to push forward and the right people come into your path, the right opportunities, the right things, the right, you know, the first book that I published was never the first book I thought I was going to publish. Mm -hmm. You know, the way that things have happened, you know, I didn't think that they were going to happen this way. But because I kept moving forward, believing that they were going to happen, even though I hit different obstacles and stuff like that, like you end up getting there. You just have to continue to push forward, but you got to be able to see beyond your physical senses, your sight, your smell. Like you have to get beyond that or else you're never going to get, you're never going to get to the, the end, the end result that you're looking for. But if you think that that end result is going to make you happy, that's the problem because the accomplishment only lasts for so long. I mean, when you win a national title, like you win, this yeah. is what I think is in sports, you win a national championship, that feeling and that high, it's only gonna last a week or two. And right. then it's gonna <laughs> drop down. So where do you find enjoyment, fulfillment, and happiness? Do you find mm -hmm. it in the result or do you find it in the process? Because the truth is you're gonna spend 99% of your life in the process and you're gonna spend 1% in the actual achievement. That's why life isn't about it. Life is about the process and who you become in that. But if you're not chasing anything, if you're not pursuing anything, you can't be made. Yeah. How can God make you if you ain't doing anything? People kind of sit in there waiting to be made. You know, yeah. I tell people all the time, don't try to skip the struggle. That's what, that's what builds your character. That's what makes you. Like you said, when you get there, bam, it's happened. Like, ding, and then you go down and then, and then what? Yeah. So it's like you have to take so much pride in how you're being built through this process because if you don't fall in love with the process, if you don't fall in love with the struggle, you're going to get there and you still won't be happy. I keep yeah. telling my friend, the money, you had a thousand million trillion dollars in your pocket, what would you do right now? Would that just make you happy? No, because there's love that you want to have. There's relationships you want to form. There's things that you want to do that money can't provide for you, that money can't get. So then what? You know, that's why you can't chase something as, um, like, numbers are infinity. They never stop. So if you're yeah. chasing something that never ends and there's nothing to actually, like, grasp onto and say, hey, I accomplished this or I did this. Yeah. You know, what are you doing? So, like, take pride in the process. Take, I take pride in how long I struggled, how much money I didn't have, how many times I went without so much. Because now having these things... I don't let that define me, mm. but I know, could I even have made it to this point if that all, what happened behind me didn't happen? Mm -hmm. Would I even have the right mentality to, you know, to know the opportunity day, the opportunities here in front of me? Would I even, would I even be able to realize what's going on if I didn't allow the process to take its toll? Yeah. Probably not. Right. 
think that's why I love Opportunity Day. I mean, not only is it a cool, catchy slogan, but every day I walk into my office. Um, I'm sorry to keep bringing up your book, but literally three days straight, I no, read do it. it. <laughs> um, you know, going into your job and you're saying, Happy Monday, it's Opportunity Day, and people being like, Oh my gosh, it's Monday. Why are you? I said that yesterday. Like, man, I'm happy it's Monday. And this lady, her name is Joanne. I call her the fairy godmother. She's a boss at what she does, but she's like, I probably haven't heard that being said in about 25 years. So I'm like, wow. man, you went 25 years without, you know, being with the person who's pumping the office up or pumping you up for a Monday. Yeah. No, she's like, you know, in this, in, in the work world, this doesn't exist. You know, once you get older, you're still in your 20s. Once you get older, it won't exist anymore. That's 1,300 days. So <laughs> right. I just did the calculation. 25 years, 52 weeks a year. So 52 yep. Mondays. Yeah. That's 1,300 days lived hating that day. That's 1,300 days. I mean, you think, yeah, you're going to live, you know, if you live 80 years, times 365 that's 29,000 days yeah okay so 1300 of 29,000 seems like that's oh, not that much that's 1300 days that you didn't like or you hated or wasn't great not because of circumstances because of your an attitude about that day and here's the thing is that somebody else said Monday sucks Somebody else said that Monday isn't good because we live for the weekends. Mm -hmm. Somebody said we, we like Wednesday because it's hum day. This is somebody else said this and define yeah. this for your life. You didn't choose it. I mean, you chose to conform to that mindset. But like, this is why I never, half the time I never know what day it is. Like I literally ask every people, day I'm going like, at it. Because it doesn't <laughs> matter. Sunday, Monday, Wednesday, yeah. you know, Saturday. It's like, I'm not going to let somebody else like define what those days mean to me right you know and you Amen. shouldn't either and that's like what opportunity day is about it's about looking at life in a through a different lens a lens of like i'm not gonna let somebody else define how i look at life just because it's cool to hate monday and that's what everybody else does mm -hmm. or it's cool to kind of like like friday at four o'clock because the weekend's around Right. And, but then you go and, and you don't even like the weekend that much because you know the week is coming back around. And you're so, anticipating that Monday. <laughs> yeah. It's like, who, does, who defined this? Who decided this for you? And think about if on your calendar, if every day was labeled Opportunity Day, if every day was labeled the same day, and there wasn't like a Monday or a Friday, and every day you woke up like, today is the day. Today's going to be the greatest day of my life. Every day you woke up with that mentality and that thought process. A Monday doesn't mean anything anymore. Friday, I work, I do work every day, you yeah. know? I have a lot of stuff to do, but I love what I do. I love, I love that I'm able to do what I love. I think that's what makes me the happiest. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to a job that I hate every day or people I don't want to be around or doing something that I literally don't want to do. Every day is just the day. I'm seizing the day every day. Yeah. Monday is not even a thing. It doesn't exist. It, 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 Monday doesn't even exist. No. It's not even a real thing. It's just, <laughs> it isn't. You think I know. about it. The sun rise, sets and rises, and we just decided to call that day Monday. Yep. But it's not a really even a real thing. It is literally just another day of light. But you think about it. If you were a system and you wanted to control your citizens, or, you know, if you were, if you were just the fingers on a puppet and you wanted to have control. How do you do that? You 
make people conform to false ceilings. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're this age, you can only make this much. If you have this degree, you can only do this job. If you have this experience, you don't have this knowledge. You know, Monday is this, Friday is this, the weekends, have fun, but be prepping on Sunday for that Monday coming around. It's like, how do you create conformity? Yeah. You need a system, you know? Yeah. You need a baseline system so that people feel like they can't get out of. Mm-hmm. And that's the hamster wheel. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a continuous, you wake up, you're born, you learn, you go to college, you get in debt, you get a job, you buy a car, you spend all that time going to and from the job to provide for the house that you don't even have the time to stay in because you're always going to and from work. Come home, you eat dinner, you go to sleep, and you get get ready for it the next day. And you, you vacate for a year. You know what I mean? Take your time out here and there if you want to. Make sure you get hammered on the weekends because that's going to basically take away the trials and triumphs from the whole week that you worked for the money. Yeah, you can wash it away, yeah. Like, I'm like, you know, I I felt that. I saw that happening. Once I got attached to my things, I said, I am that person. Yeah. Whatever it takes for me to reboot and recharge myself, I'm doing it. I did some research. I looked up on fasting. I'm going to try it. Worst thing that can happen, I eat at the end of the day. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I get hungry and I'm like, I can't take it. And I crave, I cave into what my physicality wants, what my flesh wants. Yeah. You know, so it's like sometimes getting over that hump, changing your mentality. That's my advice to anyone. If you're starting out and you're, I'm feeling like I'm in that, I'm, I'm in that hamster wheel. It's happening to me. How do I stop it? I've been living this way for 30 years. Yeah. When does it stop? How do I stop it? Yeah. Researching what you have to do to change your mentality. If it's waking up every day, you know, like your book, that just that first part outlines it well. Creating a habit to make your bed every day. Start small. You know what I mean? If you're dieting, start small. If you're training for something or running, I can't do this. Start small. You know, 15 days, 21 days, 30 days, it'll get there. You know what I mean? And next thing you know, you are a different person. The people who were hanging out with me when I was 18, hanging out with me when I was 21, hanging out with me when I was 23, and the people who know me at the 24 to 26 lifetime, everybody done met a little different of a person. Yeah. You know, some people are gonna be like, I hate her, she's so mean, she's so crazy. I probably was. Some people, man, she's so nice, she's so sweet, she's so helpful, she has the kindest words. I probably was. Yeah. But if you're not changing, if you're not evolving, Man, what, what what I'm speechless. What you what you been doing? Right, that's crazy. <laughs> Sleeping, you know, like this right here. If you get too attached to what all this is, and you know, I know the people can't see me pointing my finger around in a circle in the air, but if you get too attached to what this is, you will lose you. Like yeah. Gucci Man said, "Do not get lost in the sauce." Yeah, you can't. Hmm. Last last two questions here. Um, what's the hardest thing you've ever gone through mm, 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 mm. that you learned from? I, my fast. Hardest thing I've ever did in my whole life. That's interesting because that was a choice. Because mm-hmm. I think sometimes we, we don't choose adversity. Right. And sometimes we have to choose it. Sometimes we have to make our life harder to make ourselves better. There we go. You know, like I grew up in, in a, you know, a middle-income family. I had everything I needed. 
And we didn't go on like luxurious vacations. We didn't do anything crazy special. We went on vacation every year. You know, we had, it was easy. I've always, I was always fed. I was always like, had a roof. I was always taken care of. Right. But then I dropped out of college. And I slept on a friend's couch for eight months. With two months left on an air mattress, then slept on a friend's couch for eight months, or six months. Two of them being an air mattress and ate peanut butter and jelly every single day. Ramen noodles, Campbell's soup for dinner. Dead broke. Basically, it wasn't homeless, but, you know, yeah. pretty close. And I chose that adversity. Because it, I don't, I don't think I chose it because I wanted that. I just like it was a choice that I made, and it put me in that situation. And you know, I could have stayed comfortable at you know in college. I could have you know everything could have been fine, but I chose that, and it, it I learned so much from it. Yeah. But then sometimes we just experience things that you know are outside of our control, but. Those time, those things, a lot of times are a gift if we choose to think about it right. You know. See, that's why I think getting asked, you know, what's the craziest or the worst or what exactly was the question? The hardest thing you've been hardest through. Hardest thing you've been through. Mother addicted to drugs since I was born. You know, wow. I come from an underprivileged area. Um, I've seen some horrible things. I've been through horrible things, and I was young, so of course I had no choice. But I was just in it. But I think about the strength that I have. Mm -hmm. People always say, man, you're strong to be so young. You're strong to be a woman or you, whatever. I have been through a lot, but I could never say the hardest things I've been through because number one, not only did I not choose those things, but would I be here? Would I be like this if I hadn't, you know? Yeah. So I look at those things as gifts. Like God really felt like I was able to handle things that other people, you know, couldn't. And that's why he put it on my plate, mm. you know? So... I would definitely say fasting, like I chose the adversity because I knew at the end of the day I'd be better from it. Right. So you run um, three businesses and you have a full-time job. Yeah. How, give, give us um, a habit or an attitude or a technique or something that helps you to manage that. I would imagine that people listening might go, I don't think I could run three businesses and work full time. Oh yeah, definitely. You know, so what? Are, what's something that that helps you to manage all of that on the on a daily basis? I think about number one when you first start a, and think about running a business. I don't want to say think of something easy, but I chose a mobile hookah service. It's something that I don't have to tend to all the time. Someone calls and requests something, and then I have the service to give. You know, so I made that. Each of my business models are that. It's nothing that requires around-the-clock work, um, and it's nothing that requires me to have an extensive background in anything and then have to apply it. Um, the number two is the right people. Not only having supportive people who help you reach their dreams, but finding like-minded people. Because if you find people who are hungry, um, and in, in my three cases, I, it's not Little Bees Academy, my tutoring business, because that's a lot of me, because I still would do that Skype-wise, but with my construction and my hookah business, Pope is like, I want to get after it. I want to do it. I want to be a part of this. I, you know, so you finding what people love mm -hmm. and going and making sure that whatever you're doing, you have people around you who have that same love. Now, some people in the group, their love is the money of it. Some people in the group is their love is helping that old lady with her back steps who didn't have the money to do it. And so we just did it for, you know, 
Um, and some people have the love in it. It's just like, I want to build. So finding like-minded, strong people around you and kind of capitalizing off of everybody's love in the scenario, mm-hmm. you know, cause I, I couldn't do all of this by myself. Right. You know, then I would be taking away from the job that I go into the office and I do the work for and my clients at iHeart. Um, I can't be at seven parties at once. If someone each calls for a hookah on a Saturday night, I couldn't do all that by myself. So a supportive team, like people who see your vision and whether they want to be a part of it or whether they see in the long run, they can benefit off of it. I'm even cool with that. If Mm -hmm. you say, you know, we're doing this right now and it works, but I know five years down the the line, I have experience with running a business, being hands-on, and I can start my own thing. I have a lot of people who I work with who are simply there for that. I see what you're doing. I've never done it before. And although you haven't done it before, you're putting the capital behind it. You're putting the man hours behind it. You're putting your name, your tax information, your social. I'm going to watch you do it all. So if anything goes wrong, I can learn from it. And I'm, you know, I'm cool with that. Because mm. whether or not you're a part, I'm still going to do it. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you can either be a part like, I don't, you, watch. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or watch and never get the hands-on to learn. I know I'm making a lot of rap references, but Young Gunna, he's a rapper, and his thing is drip or drown. So it's like, you know, lost in the sauce, kind of the same thing. You can either learn to swim and be prepared for when these waves come because the ocean is not always smooth sailing and, you know, slight with no yeah. waves. Or you can sit on the sidelines and choose to jump in one day and then drown because you weren't ready. Mm. You know? I think it's some smooth sea, never made a skilled sailor. Yeah. You know, I'm teaching people how to fish around me. I'm not giving people fish. Oh, you're hungry. We're all hungry. I'm not just catching fish and then allowing everybody to eat. Mm -hmm. It's like, I've learned these ways and I want to give it to you. I want to teach you. I want to be a part of it. I want Mm. you to be a part of it. You learn how to fish from the process, and at the end of the day, have your own successful fish stand. You know, if I have eight people around me, I you can really tell the quality of a person by the people that surround them. Yeah. If you got ten friends and you're the only one that's rich, you got ten friends around you who are all broke. I wouldn't say anything about those other nine people. I'd be questioning you, like, wow, dude, you're just gonna hang around with ten broke people. You know, yeah. if you chill with ten people that smell really bad. And you come out with fresh cologne after you're around your friends and being with them. Don't you think you're going to have that stench on you? Yeah. You know, so it's like the people you keep around you. You know, if, if you're around nine rich people, chances are you'll be the 10th. Yeah. You know, my dad is always saying, like, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Yeah. Everybody, no matter what scale. I'm telling you, Bill Gates is around people who are smarter, richer, and greater than him. Yeah. You know? Bezos, Jeff Bezos, Amazon man, like he's around greater, grander people than him. Right. And I would be settling if, you know, you run in track. If you're the fastest person every time, you see that, you know that you get slower over time. Wow. Not racing people who are making you get faster. You wouldn't get faster if you're racing people who are slower than you all the time. It's like me running against kindergartners. Yeah. (laughs) Expecting to get a faster 100 time. It just wouldn't happen. So. You know, do something that's that palates to your lifestyle. Start off small. E-commerce is a really big thing now. And I was telling my friend, if, if, if you're young and you have one source of income, reevaluate because there's too many ways to 
have a little extra. Start something with your friends. Everybody, let's put in 300 bucks and let's start something. You don't even have to know what you're going to start. Mm-hmm. But the number one is an idea or a goal that you know you want to go after and supportive, worthy people around you. Because yeah. you don't want dumpster-smelling people. Don't want people who don't got nothing going on. I've yeah. had friends who always want to sit and smoke. I've had friends who every single night we drank. And I don't do those things anymore. So if you ask me how many of those people I still talk to or friends with, yeah, two out of 20. It's just, you know, it's sometimes you move on from people and you got to, you know, sometimes it's not, you know, it's not that you like, here's what I always, this is what I, the way that I explain it, getting the right people is don't cut people out. Just spend time elsewhere. Mm-hmm. like acquire you know instead of like I'm gonna cut people out of my life I think there is a point where you do need to cut somebody out but like don't think about it cutting people out it's finding new people because automatically when you find new people you're gonna spend less time with the people that you shouldn't spend time right. with right you know if I find 10 people that really challenge me and are you know moving forward you know and I spend more time with them guess what there's only 24 hours in a day so you know, if I'm spending more time with these people, I'm automatically spending less time with these people. Yeah. And the best thing I can do for these people is to spend my time over here with these people yes. because they're going to see me growing. They're going to see me moving forward and they're either going to choose to jump on or they're going to choose to stay stationary. And they have a choice in that moment. And, and in those times, what they're going to do, it's not that I don't like them. It's not that I think that they're a bad person or think less of them. It's just that I'm going to spend my time over here and automatically I'm not spending my time with them. So, you know, I think sometimes we think of like the cutthroat, like cut people out, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's kind of hard to do to be like, just cut people out. It's just like, you know what? I'm going to find new people. Right. And then I'm going to spend more time with them because they challenge me. And automatically, because I only have so much time, I'm going to spend less time over here. Um, so I love that talking about getting the right people because it's so important. It's made such the, it's made probably one of the biggest differences in my life is getting the right people around me yep. um, that can encourage me. This has been awesome. Man, like, thank you so much, Sammy, yeah. for having me. I had an amazing time just speaking about everything. Yeah. It's been great, and I know you've provided a ton of value. And where can people follow you? I am Smoking B Brit on Instagram. I am Brittany Ellis on Facebook, um, and then my sites for my businesses are within Instagram and Facebook. Okay, cool. Um, so go follow her, go check her out. And this has been an awesome episode, episode number thirty-one of the Opportunity Day podcast. Yesterday is gone. Tomorrow doesn't exist. Today is all you have. Spend 0% of your time, attention, and focus on the past. 1% on the future because you do need to have a dream and a goal that you're pursuing. And then 99% on today because life is experienced in the present moment. And if you're thinking about the past, then you're missing life because it's experienced in the present moment. And if you're thinking too much about the future, you're missing life because it's experienced in the present moment moment. Happy opportunity today, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Do not forget to subscribe to this channel and also refer this to a friend if you haven't already. If you find value from this podcast, I just ask you to tell a friend about it um, and, and have them take a listen to the podcast. Love you and happy opportunity day.